Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson. Welcome to the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. I am super excited that you are here and we're here to talk about all things related to building your brand, content creation and tribe building and because people buy from people and they buy from people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I've got an awesome interview to share with you today, but before I do, I thought I might share perhaps a couple of thoughts because I get, I'm getting a lot of calls at the moment, chatting to lots of experts and having conversations with them about um, how to cope at this time. So if you're listening to this, um, maybe you're listening to this post COVID-19, but we are right in the thick of COVID-19. We are in week four of lockdown at the moment here in Australia. Um, lots going on overseas in all different countries, but in Australia where uh, today in Queensland, they announced that there was this is the second time um, in the last week where we've had no new reported cases. Um, so that's good news. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's, there's still so much impact though. You know, Virgin yesterday uh, went into uh, voluntary administration. Uh, I've been interviewed a little bit in the media about that. Um, you know, it's a sad day for Virgin. It's such a well-loved brand. They've been a client of mine. Um, so, you know, um, uh, I think that there's so many businesses being affected and, you know, it, uh, industries, some industries are a little bit immune at the moment, like supermarkets and things like that. But, you know, uh, I think there's so many interesting insights particularly around for experts is around the diversity of your uh, experience the diversity of the industries you work with um, a lot of experts i notice some um, specialize in specific industries those who i notice are probably hanging in there are those people who have focused far more on their message and worked across a diverse range of industries. Um, I'm having a lot of conversations with people who are also very concerned about how much content to put out at the moment because there's a real fear of being noisy. There's a fear of, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be annoying. But the reality is at the moment is that we have um, what we're noticing with our own clients and I'm noticing is content consumption is up around you know, 200% compared to this time last year. Uh, and so people are still craving information. They still want help. Um, they may not be ready to buy immediately. Some are ready to buy now, like they need the help now um, to retain staff, um, trying to work out marketing, trying to work out what do I do. Um, so there's definitely people who are buying, but um, the research says that content consumption is up 60%, um, but we're noticing it's probably you know a lot more than that based on particularly experts. Um, but if you're in the retail sector, you've only got to look at, you know, the data that's coming through about people searching for things. So things that are down are things like car sales, you know, and people searching for cars. Uh, but what's gone up dramatically is um, uh, uh, DIY home mechanic type stuff. So, you know, so some industries are winning, some are finding it challenging. Um, no matter where you are and for you as an expert in your space your job is one of two things and I wrote it on a post-it note about a month ago when I came home I was in Adelaide at the time at the professional speakers conference and the two I came home I got off the plane ready for Monday which was going to be the the day that people were going to be really um, hit with you know social isolating and things like that and uh, the two post-it notes or the hashtags that I wrote uh, be the light, lead the way. So 
our job as experts is, and my job is to remind you, is that our job as experts is, our content is not about bombarding people. Our content is not about uh, being annoying and spamming people. Our job as experts is to be the leader. And I think this is a perfect time to have that reminder is your job is to lead. All your content should be leading people, not spamming. So uh, my encouragement to you at the moment is don't be scared of stepping up. Don't be afraid of increasing the amount of content that you're putting out. However, as long as it's relevant and helpful. So, um, and if you're scared about that, you know, I always say to people, replace the word content with leadership i need to create a piece of leadership in that if you can do that that's really helpful at the moment if you've got the expertise so today's uh interview that i wanted to share with you oh also sorry back off the off the back of the content um uh we also launched content club uh i've, I've run content club since the beginning of the year but as a result around content creation boot camp a couple of weeks ago we had 500 people on that which was awesome um, and as a result, we've since, and they've been from all around the world. So as a result, now we have content club um, across four time zones. So we have uh, now Australia, um, Asia, India slash Perth. Uh, we have uh, the UK and the US time zones. So once a month, we get together for two hours and we create 10 pieces of content in two hours. So, uh, so I'd love for you to jump on. We'll have the link, uh, and but you can just jump on the website, go to jane-anderson.com and you'll see the drop down right on the very front page up the top and it says content club. So I'd love to see you there. We've had lots of new people jump on board and we've expanded globally um, to be able to just fit in with the time zones. And uh, so love to have you there. Uh, and it's such a great price. We've put a really good um, uh, uh, package together. You get to come into our expert to influencer community. I've given you heaps of extra, extra resources, even access to the expert to influencer methodology to try and help you in your practice at the moment. Cause I really get it's a tough time. Um, the, all the inclusions I've included about, I think we've added it up. It's well over 10,000. I think it's close to $13,000 worth of extra stuff I've put in to try and help you in your practice at this time. So, with all that said, so I'd love to see you there. Uh, so, but today's guest who I wanted to introduce you to, today's guest is someone who I have, uh, has, she's been in a lot of my programs. I've known her for the last, wow, six years, I think, five or six years. And she's one of the most extraordinary women that I know. Uh, she's been in my Women With Influence program in the past. She is uh in, uh, I still work closely with her and her team um, and her team have also implemented the methodology, the expert to influencer methodology in her practice. So her name is Joanne Love and so Joanne and or sometimes we call her Jo, so uh, she is, uh, she spent 25 years as a high performance expert and she's actually been uh, an Olympic coach, particularly for the Australian Paralympic team. She has an incredible story. So um, she talks, uh, uh, she shares a little bit about uh, in in her, a lot of her books. She doesn't go into it in the podcast today, but um, Joanne's personal story, she actually has a son uh, who is disabled. And so um, her personal story on her son, as well as the work that she's done in high performance 
and for Paralympic athletes for Australia has been extraordinary. She's created some really groundbreaking work, particularly around the science of goal setting. Um, she has worked with a lot of athletes, so she's a psychologist. And uh, but after post um, Olympics, so she's now she works a lot with athletes who are 10, 20, 30 years. She's seen them that far down the track and the impact of incorrect goal setting from Olympic coaches and high performance coaches way back. Uh, and so, you know, the long term effects of incorrect goal setting have a really traumatic effect on people if they're not handled well. She is now created, she's created a, an awesome business that's called Proactive Performance Australia. She's speaking all around the world. She just got back from Sweden earlier this year, speaking at the conference there uh, about high performance and goal setting, particularly for Olympians. Um, and so I can't wait for you to listen to this interview. She's one of the best in the business. And, uh, and I highly recommend if you can get hold of any, jump on her, her books, website, follow her on social media. She's doing extraordinary work, particularly if you have kids. So Joanne's work is now going into schools here in Australia. It's absolutely groundbreaking work. I can't wait for you to hear it. I'd love to hear your comments and your feedback. So enjoy. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast or video if you are watching today. I have a very, very special guest today, and I cannot wait to introduce you to her for you to hear what she has to say. Uh, our guest today is uh, a, an expert in high performance, and her name is Joanne Love. And she says that, you know, when you want your dreams to become a reality, it's imperative to work with a high performance expert to ensure you master your focus and to keep your positive well-being. With over 25 experience, let me start all that again. Hang on. <laughs> 25. Okay. Hi there and welcome to the podcast, to the Jane Anderson show today, whether you're listening or perhaps you're watching on video or YouTube, it doesn't really matter. I'm so glad that you are here and that you're joining us to, uh, to be able to connect with today's very, very special guest. But before we get started, a few things that are on that I just want to make sure that I cover off with people. Uh, obviously, we're well and truly into 2020 and uh, we're kicking off the, um, the year ahead. And I've been out there talking to people who have been sort of planning and working out, okay, what's my goal? What's the strategy? And what am I doing with content and my brand and lead gen and all that sort of stuff? And uh, so this year, what I've done, and we've just actually just completed the two-day virtual content creation boot camp, which was uh, the first time we've done it that way. All the time, they've, in the past, they've always been face-to-face, -face, but this is the first time that we ran one uh, virtually, which was awesome. Everybody said, how good is this? Doing it from home, I don't even have to go anywhere. I get to have my own coffee. I get to have my own office. <laughs> so it was heaps of fun. And we had uh, the, if you haven't heard of the content creation boot camps, is that we work with people to, or I work with people to help them to create 12 months worth of content in two days. It's a busy couple of days, but it's high impact and you walk away with some really great world-class IP that you're able to go away and put into your programs, your blogs, your newsletters, your books, uh, and all that sort of thing. So if you're thinking about joining and you're thinking about this year is the year that you need to seriously get some content out, then uh, jump on the website. If you go to the events page, you will see it. If you go to jane-anderson.com 
And if you go to the events area, you'll see it right smack bang in the middle of the website, right up the top. And you'll see all the programs that are coming up for the few months ahead. We have a couple of virtual ones and face-to-face, -face, uh, particularly on the Gold Coast, if you feel like you want to get away and get some sand in your toes and to hang out with some cool people while you're creating some cool stuff. So, but in the meantime, we have a very, very special guest today who I really want to introduce you to. And the reason why I asked this guest to come on today is because I've done some work with our guest and, you know, she really is one of the most extraordinary people that I know. She it continues to just inspire me, the ideas, her abilities, uh, thoughts that she has around her area of expertise and how she applies it to people. So she really is such an inspiration to me. And I've learned so much in terms of just my own performance, my own style of goal setting, um, and what holds me back from achieving that. And I thought, you know what, I have got to get our very special guest on today. I've got to get her on the show. And in particular, for her to be the first one for 2020. I think it's really powerful time of year. You know, you're in that headspace of really thinking about what you want to do and what your goals are for the year. And I thought, okay, if I could have anybody on the show for setting goals for 2020, <laughs> who would I invite? And of course, it was a no-brainer. So without further ado, I'll introduce you to our guest today. So when you want your dreams to become a reality, it's absolutely crucial to work with a high performance expert just to really help you to master your focus and to keep a really high sense of that you know of your positive um, self-care and that well-being so with over 25 years experience as a high performance expert our guest today knows what it takes to succeed in any environment for many years, she's worked with Olympic potentials, leading them to success while safeguarding their well-being, which is absolutely crucial. You know, otherwise it's a pretty tough environment. Uh, but she now devotes her time entirely to the growth and success of everyday people. So you don't have to be an Olympian. Uh, her client portfolio includes small to medium businesses, prominent influencers, trainers, educators, and who are both national and international. Uh, throughout her career, she has been absolutely instrumental in helping hundreds of clients to take the small steps to achieve big results. Please welcome our very special guest, the one and only Joanne Love. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> Oh, thanks so much for jumping on. I know that you are so busy. You are uh, you're on the road, and you've just come from speaking in Sweden. Is that right? And where That's are you now? Yeah. Uh, I'm in Ho Chi Minh City at the moment. So on our way back to Australia, though. Wow. So, what did you what did, what were you doing in Sweden? So I was talking at the World Aquatic Development Conference on effective goal setting and how you can protect the athlete mind. So, you know, as we're seeing in the media, there's so many sports people coming through now saying they've got mental health issues. So talking about how setting goals appropriately can protect their well-being for, for years to come. Wow. So, and, and I guess this kind of brings us to, like, I always go, wow, how do you end up on a stage in Sweden at the aquatic, Global Aquatic Development Conference talking about my athlete 
high performance mindset and well-being. So, yeah, wow. So if we go back, like, how did you, tell us about your practice, like, how did you get into what you're doing? You obviously came from a sporting and Olympic background, but how did, how did you end up in Sweden? <laughs> so, yes, this. so I, I do have that, that, that link with, with sport. So I was um, a swimming coach and represented Australia at the Beijing 2008 Olympics. So... It was with a failure that I had with one of my athletes that sent me back to university and studying psychology and, mm -hmm. and now, you know, not only helping that, that single athlete that, who, you know, upset me so much, mm -hmm. but now helping all athletes and, and everybody improve their performance. So, um, yeah, so th there was always that link with sport. Right. And so that was kind of where you started and now you've, you know, I guess the transition or things that you've seen now is working with high performance with other people who are the type of people that you've started to work with now so um, women um, it's anybody basically with performance issues you, you don't need to be Olympian what we can apply in sport can be applied every day you know people have the same sort of issues you know they're scared to speak in front of other people or they're mm. frightened to talk up in meetings it's all those sort of performance issues which are exactly the same as a you know an athlete getting up behind the blocks ready to start a race. So there's, wow. there's really no difference. And so I've got so many questions. So I'm <laughs> trying to think which one to ask first. So I want to go into some of your expertise and then I want to go into your brand and some of the things that you've done to build that um, because that's phenomenal. So when did you start your practice? Like were you doing that while you were coaching in, in sport and then you started to build joannelove.com or how did joannelove.com come about? Um, so I, I, you know, I really had this, uh, I suppose, going, seeing athletes perform and mm. seeing those little failures that was happening. When I started to, you know, do my psychology degree, I'd go back into the uh, competitive environment and see, it was almost a hyper-awareness. I could see these athletes having issues and nobody knew how to fix them. Right. And they were very, you know, common type problems. Um, and with that, I sort of thought, gee, there's more learning out there. I need to learn more. I need, I want to do more. I want to help people. So that's sort of how my business evolved. I stopped coaching and, and went into, you know, speaking to other coaches to help them improve their performance. And it's, it's basically evolved from there but a huge learning curve from me because, you know, with, with coaching, there's this very narrow band of learning and, and the sort of like my world's filled up, filled up with all these bits and pieces that I didn't know. So right. learning how to, to sell myself to other people, learning how to, you know, tell my story, how to help other people was a, you know, a whole education in itself, not just from the, the psychological learning that I got. So, so much more. Wow. And so when you, you started to work with, I guess, other, so other people who, like, you, and it, it is interesting, isn't it? We often think, oh, well, you know, like, do I have to be an Olympic standard in my performance to work with someone like you? But you're saying that's not necessarily the case, yeah? No, there's, you know, I see it every day, you know, I, I suppose being a woman, I see all those little issues that women do that they could perform better. Um, my poor husband, he's the brunt of half of my, you know, my stories when I present telling what he does wrong. <laughs> so, you know, I think everybody has these failings and we just don't recognize it and just little tweaks that we can do better that can make us perform better. 
Right. So, you know, and, and just having, you know, setting our goals is, is you know, what I'm, I'm about now and how we set our goals. If we can do that better, our performances can be so much better. And we're all wanting to achieve. We, we live in a highly competitive world. It's not just in sport that we're competitive. You know, we've got to compete to get jobs. We've got to compete to get work. So, you know, if we can apply that to our working environment, you know, there's no difference. And... Joe, what do you what do you find when you're out there working like you know even just with the average person um what do you think the the things that you notice are the blockers to people achieving their goals like all this research and work you've done what are the most common things that you notice um i think basically for the general person to understand why they want something a lot of people go into um wanting to achieve certain things, but they don't understand why they want it. Right. They, you know, they, they think success is money or possessions. And it's not normally, you know, when you think about what sort of car you want to buy, do you want a sports car? Do you want a four wheel drive? What, what are your values? You know, is your value family or is it, you know, driving fast down the freeway? And, and sometimes we don't take the time out to, to understand what our values are and, and what, what our, what our big why is. And I think, you know, what Simon Sinek says is just so right. We need to, it all starts with why. Why do we want something? And so often we set goals, big goals, but we don't understand why we want those goals. And when the two don't align, that's where the issues happen. Right. So if I'm thinking about, so most of our audience are people who have their own personal brands like you. Um, so, and I guess that why is often a part of the story sometimes. So when we're building a brand, we don't always, we think about the why as in what's the compelling reason or message of why what I have to say matters. But yeah. in this case, it's actually taking the same principle, but applying it in a goal setting context. So it's got a sense of, um, it, it's a different sense of purpose than the brand why. The goal setting why is quite different, isn't it? Yeah, but it must be driven by the purpose. So right. what's the purpose behind your why? So, so for example, for me, I'm helping other people realise their potential. That's my purpose. So I'm helping other people perform better. That, that's, and, you know, when that happens and when I see performances improve, that's what makes me happy. And, and, and I think people need to realise what makes them happy, what, what drives what they're doing. And when it's got a purpose behind it, um, it helps you stay mentally well as, as well. So, you know, people that go through a lot of adversity are perfect examples. They hit rock, rock, rock bottom. What, is it, what does it do to them? It's like this big wake-up call. What's yeah. my purpose in life? They start to think about what they really want in life and then they go plan and then they implement it. So it's the same with our everyday goals. You know, what is our purpose? What drives us? What makes us happy? And then set about planning and implementing it. So when you say happy, is that the bit around the well-being part to setting the goals is that yeah, the bit that yeah, you've found yeah. has been missing for like your experience with athletes and things oh, like that? It, I mean, there's more to it as well, you know, so, so what, what are your values and what do you stand for? Right. You know, it, it's great that you can have this goal that you want to make a million dollars, but is that really going to make you happy? And is that going to be, you know, what you stand for in the end, or is it, you know, you want to be happy and only have, you know, a hundred thousand. It, you know, it's up to you what you deem as being happy. And, and sometimes we have this perpetual drive that we've got to be more successful. We've got to have a better car. We've got to have a better house. But when a lot of people reach those things, they're actually not any happier. Right. They're miserable. So 
what is, you know, as I said earlier, what's, what's the purpose behind your why? What do you really want in life? What makes you happy? And when that aligns and that um, is in tune with your, your values, then you're going to succeed and you're going to be at your happiest and you're going to be content with your life. Right. And I remember we had a conversation. So um, uh, I ran an event at the Gold Coast last year and I asked uh, Jo to, to speak at it and she kindly agreed and did a fantastic session with uh, a group of incredible female influencers and women who are experts in their space. And, and I remember at one point um, we were talking about, I don't know if it was on that day, but it was at some time, which I've, I've really reflected a lot on. You were talking about, with uh you were talking about with gold medals with olympics and i think you know versus times and i think mm. that was something that's really stuck with me about your insights on that and it's something i've been really mindful of um can can you share a little bit about about your experience with that and then how that's translated working with people on you know what we've got control over and what we haven't necessarily yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting point. So, so, so often, especially with the high-performance sporting world, they want to win. And you oh. can never c control winning. So oh. it's no use setting goals that you can't control because it, it only sets you up for failure. Oh. So the pressure that you're under when you, when you set a goal towards winning and that expectation is unbelievable. And mentally, it is really hard to control and cope with. So, you know, goals should never be set towards winning. Um, it's the same with KPIs. You can't control, set KPIs that you can't control. You have to be in control because you can't control how other people may perform. So, so when you're uh, uh, running a race, for example, you can't control other athletes that you're competing against. So you can't control the goal of winning. Yet you can control a time that you want to do or, or some part of that performance that you want to do. You can control that. So yes. when you set goals, you need to be totally in control of what right. you're doing. Yeah. And that's, I think that's just so fascinating. And it's something that I've not only just applied to myself, but even the clients that we work with is, is looking at, you know, and particularly if you're a competitive person, you know, you naturally go into, I'm not a naturally competitive person. I don't think maybe with myself I am, but you know, it, I don't sort of look outside and go, okay, well, I want to get, I want to make more money than that person or I want to have more clients than that person or more market share or, but mm. I guess there's some people who are naturally competitive and they can sort of fall into that trap a little bit because they're driven, that sort of, mot they find that kind of motivates them to, to have, you know, to be sort of that elusive, um, uh, something external to compete against. But at the end of the day, you've um, I think what I've learned from your comments on that is don't don't focus on you know trying to earn more than this person or be on write more books than that person or mm. whatever mm. is more about well just focusing on progress and what that yeah. you're continuing to improve and aim for the goal of the time like you said like mm. what's the time goal not the who you're better than goal yeah and sometimes we, we let our ego take over as well yeah. So, you know, our ego can actually be our worst enemy. So as you're saying, trying to write more books than somebody else or trying to have more market share, that's our ego. And when our ego takes over, it actually, again, causes us more damage because we overestimate 
our ability and our worth and we underestimate the effort and the skill that's required to actually do the job. Right. And, then, and then when we get that way, we, we start to self-sabotage. We make excuses about why we can't do certain things, you know. So, um, yeah, so we've got to control our ego and what can we do? What can we do to the best of our ability and, and you know, be, be in control. Right. And with, the, with goals, so if I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, okay, so what does this mean in terms of if I'm thinking about my goals for 2020 and I'm thinking about if I'm an expert in my space and, you know, I'm operating under myname.com, I'm thinking about the goals for the year ahead. How do you work out what, like, is there a, 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 um, a, like a, a set of rules or anything around like how many goals you should have and um, like what, how do you know, like there's the whole smart goal setting and, you know, like how do you sort of help people work out what their goals should be? Yeah. Well, I'm not a fan of smart goals. So for the, the audience here, smart goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and timely. Um, the reason with SMART goals, are, you know, often we set a SMART goal, which is in the future. So it may be six months or a year in advance, but what we don't do is put any little goals in, in between, which means that it's so far off mm. that our brain just fills the void with what we, you know, how we may get there with no direct pathway. So I'm a big believer in effective goal setting, which is another step above, which incorporates... Um, um, as we spoke about earlier, our focus, which is our why, our influences, our values and what we stand for, and lastly, the effectiveness, our, um, our strategy, a well-defined strategy to get there, which means that we can have this beautiful map that provides with the motiv motivation and the momentum to keep us going. Right. So um, I'm a big believer as well that we set, you know, small goals and all the way along. Um, so we're going daily, weekly, monthly, three monthly, six monthly, yearly. So there's this constant pattern of goals. And I'm a big believer in setting two smaller goals that we can achieve and one that's going to push us to a stretch. So, um, you know, a rule of thumb for me is one that pushes you to a stretch is one that, you know, if you say something, other people laugh at you and they go, really? You don't think you're going to make that? That yep. to me is a stretch. Okay. And, and, but what we've got to do is we've actually got to believe in that ourselves. And, and so with SMART goals, and we see it all the time in the sporting world, with SMART goals, you know, it's got to be realistic. And what happens is a lot of coaches will go, no, that's not realistic enough. And mm. they'll knock it out of you. Whereas, you know, you really should have a goal that sort of challenges you, that makes you work towards it. Cause that puts you under stress. And we know that, you know, stress is, some stress is good. In fact, yeah. most stress is good. It's only when we've got too much stress. So stress right. makes us work towards our goal. So we've got, when we've got a goal that scares us, it makes right. us work towards us. But the two smaller goals that are easy to achieve, when we get them and we reward ourselves, what we do is we give ourselves a boost of dopamine and right. that pushes us on to, to doing more and more goals. And, and you know, there's a, a consensus now in the medical world that we're actually all low in dopamine. So if we can set lots of small goals and reward ourselves regularly, that'll boost our dopamine. And a low dopamine's been um, uh, said to be the cause of depression. And right. we now know it causes Parkinson's. So um, right. yeah, we need to boost our dopamine levels by setting lots of small goals. And I'm thinking that, you know, if you're in, in the personal brand space, you know, a big part of that is uh, resilience as well. Like if you've got those smaller goals, 
because you know it's it's hard isn't it in this game like yeah. you don't have your sales manager rocking up on monday morning going right how did you go last week and you know yeah. you've got to come up with this stuff yourself there's there's no unless you've got a coach yourself but you know um and sometimes uh like people kind of they don't i don't know if you find this but i find sometimes people kind of go into this game and i'll ask them so what's your revenue goal like what is it that you'd like to achieve and yeah. more often than not I find particularly women is that one will be I don't uh, I just want to replace my income from my job or I have no it's either that or I want to do three million dollars a year or I have no idea what's realistic and so I'll just go along and and then by the end of the year then we go we either haven't achieved anything because we just it's too big like you said it's yeah. like the goal's too big or it just don't even know what what's possible for you so there's no plan or anything yeah. but the um just trying to work out i think i like that with the three goals and it's something i've really taken on from you is uh working out what they are for 2020 just and even for the team i think for those who are listening if you if you've got a practice and even if it's yourself and your business manager it might not be uh you know in this game we don't have a big team but just being able to work out like you said i think those daily and weekly goals uh, just to keep that momentum going isn't it Yes, yeah, yeah. And then, and then the other thing I like to have is a backup strategy. So, okay. you know, and I, and I always, you know, we're always on diets. Women are always on diets. And I know there's yeah. probably lots of men listening as well. But, <laughs> you know, we, we say we're going to go on a diet and then somebody brings out a plate of cookies and you go, oh, I really want one. And you take that one and then you go, oh, I've broken my diet, so I might as well quit. So what's the backup strategy? You know, we really need a backup strategy to make sure that we – we stay on course. So, you know, what, what are some of the things that you can do as your backup strategy? Have you got backup strategies? And a lot of people don't. But no. when we actually plan, so what are some of the obstacles that you may encounter? You know, uh, it, may, it might be that you've got so, many, so much work on this week that you know it's going to be hard. So, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to go lighter on myself this week than next week. I'm prepared. I know that I may mm -hmm. not achieve this week. So what are the obstacles that you're seeing and have you made backup plans for those obstacles? And, and many people don't. They just set goals and go, yeah, that's it. And then they break them and don't get back on track again. That's so true. I, I remember having a client a few years ago and she contacted me and she said, this is my last ditch effort in launching my, my practice. And, you know, we can't have any failures. Like, this is it. Mm. <laughs> I was like, no. Okay, well, uh, you know, because like, failure is a big part of launching a, a practice. Because if you don't know what the market's going to buy, you've got to fact. Is that something that you yeah. do when you're working with people? Which is kind of the backup plan. I go. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like, so we're all going to fail. Yeah, failure is part of life. Failure is about where you learn. But when you've got the goals, then you're more resilient. You're more prepared for those obstacles. You're prepared for failure. You know it's going to occur, so you don't fall down in a heap when you've got goals because you've actually said, okay, these are the obstacles. So the obstacles are basically the failures that you're going to have. So just like you're going to have that cookie, you're going to have that piece of chocolate, that's going to be your failure. Yeah. But what are the strategies that you've put in place to overcome those failures? And, and when you've set goals, you're more resilient, you're more prepared to go back and keep working at it. You're right. going to come back again. So, yeah, and, and, you know, you really, and we, when we set goals just in our head, that's not good. We've got to write them down. We've got to have them visual that we can see them all the time. 
So right. it makes us accountable personally. And, you know, there's a lot of research on this. You need to have it written down. So in your office, up on the wall, the fridge, it doesn't really yeah. matter as long yeah, as it's yeah. the back of the toilet. The back of the toilet door is a really good one because <laughs> you've got to focus on it every day. <laughs> so, I yeah. to, I'm thinking I might have to do that. I've got it in other spots, but that's a good one. Yeah, you know, the back of the toilet door because sometimes when it's up on your wall and you get so busy, you don't really look at it. But when you sit in the toilet, you've got nothing to do. What do you do? You look at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I love it. And... Um, so if in this context and even for those people who have got a, a practice and a personal personally branded business and you can understand i guess you know you've got that yourself as well as this area of expertise that you've worked so hard on for so many years um if you were uh, like if you're working with someone like that or if you had your time again in your practice what advice would you have for them if they were looking at um you know like if they if someone's early in their game building their practice because you've done a phenomenal job and built yours up to where it is now what's what's been the biggest insight of what you've learned that you could pass on do you think um probably planning and planning. knowing more and i and i you know i must thank you you've done helped me so much with with the branding and and what i need to do and and i think that's probably been my failure in that I didn't have enough skills in those areas. So, you know, um, so with goals, <laughs> I go back to that. We should always backward plan. But when you don't know sometimes what you've got to do, um, it makes it hard. So, so I, I'd probably learn a lot more. And I think I left it probably a little bit late. So I would plan a lot more about what I need to do with the, the personal branding if I had my time again and, and work more on that. Um, and I think that's now what I'm starting to incorporate now. And I think that's, for me to take that next step, I need a lot more um, brand name recognition um, um, so people know what I'm about. So that's, that's a process that I'm still working on now. Yeah, and I think it's, an, it's, it's always evolving, isn't it? Like just as your mm. practice grows and your message grows and your programs grow and now you've got a diagnostic as well. So yes. that's a whole other level of positioning now that you've got, you know, diagnostic such a powerful tool. So um, are you happy to tell us a little bit about your diagnostic and how it works and what you've done with that with your IP? Yeah, certainly. So diagnostic was basically to show people if they're setting goals appropriately. So you can actually access that by going to um, uh, proactiveperformanceaustralia.com. So I know yep. it's a long name, but to all one word, proactiveperformanceaustralia.com. Okay. And the, the goal setting indicators on there. So that'll tell you basically if your focus is really clear, if you know what you're trying to achieve. So, so knowing your why. Um, your influence, if you have uh, your standing by your values that you want. And lastly, whether you're, you're setting appropriate goals. So are you planning? Have, do you have short-term goals? Um, you're knowing how to set goals effectively. Yeah. So that, that will show you whether your, your goal setting is um, effective in um, how it should be set. Yeah. And um, it's, it's very interesting. So we're, we're seeing, we're sort of adding, taking a lot of that research and adding it to what we already know. And, and it's been very beneficial for us as well. So we're seeing different people have different strengths, which is quite fascinating. Right. Because yeah. oh, you're doing quite a bit of this work with schools as well. Is that right? 
That's correct. Yeah. So very interesting. So, oh, that's a, that's a minefield. I don't think schools are willing to acknowledge some of the mental health issues that they've got. Mm. Um, there's a lot of the a lot of the public schools are are seeing it and they're openly recognising it. But I think the private schools don't want to acknowledge that they've got issues because if their school's got issues, are the parents going to want their children to attend? So, you know, we've been working with um, a lot of students in the in the private schools and um, it's just so sad that they're screaming out for help but there's nobody there to help them and, you know, the schools don't want to acknowledge they've got the problems. So, um, anyway. Still a, a little way to go because, again, mm. sometimes... I don't know if this is the case, but sometimes, like you said, sometimes it can they feel like it can affect the brand of the school, and so we it's sort of um, it's like workplaces admitting they've got a stress problem. Yeah. We we can't put stress management programs on because we're admitting that we've got a stressful workplace to work in. Um, yes. Sometimes it's a challenge to work work around, and I think for those who have got. Um, IP that is around um, particularly some of the mental health space and well-being is trying to get the right angle uh, to be able to sell the message, mm. isn't it? To, mm. Yeah, and that, that, that clarity is, you know, is what we're trying to work on is to come in a way that is, is going to be open and, and, you know, transparent for them but not sort of acknowledge that it's, you know, just about fixing mental health. Yes. So that, that's a bit of a challenge still. Right. Um, Joe, you've been so generous with your insights and knowledge today. And um, so for those who are, if you want to go and follow Joe, you have joannelove.com, which is where you've got a lot of your personal brand and your IP and your speaking and your blogs and all that sort of stuff and your workshops. And then uh, but if you want to go and test out or go and take, um, uh, what's the actual diagnostic called again? The effective goal setting indicator. Effective goal setting indicators. So, if you want to go and take that, go to proactiveperformanceaustralia.com. Go and jump on there. Take take the questionnaire. And I think uh, you know, it's I've done it, and uh, we did it with a, a group of fantastic women that, uh, and I got so much out of it, so much insight and in working with you. So, so I really encourage you to go on. Make sure you jump on there and fill that out, um, and get your report back. Uh, and if other there's people... also a sorry, excuse me, Jane. There's also an online course with that as well that they can do. Oh, okay. Which... So they can go on and, and download that, or they can you buy yeah, it online. And... Yeah. Okay. Terrific. And you've got other books as well. You've written a, a couple of books. They're on your website too. Yes. 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 So um, uh, I've got uh, champions are made when the stands are empty, which is all for athletes. Head games, which is for um, athletes again. <laughs> And then I've got a, a book for women as well. So there's there's three books there. All right. Terrific. That's great. Um, so, and if people want to reach out to you, so they either go to those websites, are you around on social media as well? Yes. LinkedIn. So the best one probably is LinkedIn. Yes. So just Joanne Love on LinkedIn. You can find right. me there. All right. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been so generous with your insights, particularly being on the road and um, traveling and off the back of your big keynote over there so we wish you every success and what I'd love for you to do for those who are listening I'd love you for you to reach out to to Joe or myself and let us know what goals have you put in place for 2020 I know Joe talked to me about um, telling people like telling people about some what some of the goals are and you know so it sort of gets you excited and pumped and a little bit accountable too so reach out to either of us but 
um, jump on Joe's website and particularly uh, proactiveperformanceaustralia.com and, uh, and take the questionnaire and even share your insights. Like, what did you learn from it? What have you learned that's where you're, like, is it you're, you're pretty good on your why, but you need to spend more time in your influence area? Love to know your insights. So please reach out and thanks again for jumping on. Thanks for having me, Jane.